0: Thank you, Ruthann. Thank you, Anita, for ministering in music. In light of the songs that were selected as favorites and in light of what Ruthann and Anita sang, life is lived in a trial-difficulty-infested world. Christ came into a trial-difficulty infested world let's consider second corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 10 and as you're turning there keep in mind the context of the passage that paul basically in second corinthians is defending his apostleship and the entire book is centered in paul defending his apostleship he says other things but still defending his apostleship very, very strongly, particularly in chapter 10 and verse 1 through chapter 12 and verse 10. But if you look in chapter 11, we find that Paul, as an apostle who had ministered in Corinth, had a godly jealousy. Second Corinthians, Corinthians 11 and verse 2, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. He was jealous over the believers in Corinth. Jealousy is a good thing in marriage, in the relationship of those who bring someone, the one who brings someone to Christ and those he brings to Christ. Notice in verses 4 through 6, he issues a warning of chapter 11. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. But I do not think I am in the least inferior to those super apostles. I may not be a trained speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. Paul again defending himself. Notice what he says in verse 16. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. And then Paul goes on in chapter 11 to boast about the sufferings that he has been through, demonstrating that he is a genuine apostle. He has the marks of an apostle. And that leads us to chapter 12 and verse 1, reading together. I must, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. I know that this man whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things that men are not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that. I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should boast or choose to boast, I will not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul clearly states he was caught up to heaven but he doesn't share what he saw. He just says, I was caught into heaven, and I saw things that are inexpressible. Paul had already shared some of the trials that he has been through. God was a vessel, or Paul was a vessel that God chose to use to minister And he says in verse 7 then, to keep me from becoming conceited. He saw these things. He was used by God. He wrote scripture. He had revelations to keep me from becoming conceited. The idea of conceited is to lift up, to exalt. And here's what conceited is, to illustrate it. I have a balloon. You can blow it up. So Paul got all these revelations. He could have got a little bigger. No pride, conceited. He got some more. And he says, to keep me from becoming conceited, what happened? To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. And the idea of thorn is something pointed. Got an old compass here. I don't know if any of you are willing to come up here and let me give you a good poke. Paul says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. He doesn't state what the thorn was. Some people think it was his eyes. Some people think it was a relational difficulty. He doesn't elaborate, but he says a thorn was given. And then he says it's a messenger of Satan. Is this a case similar to Job? Is the Lord using Satan's desire to get at Paul to mature Paul? Satan obviously would desire to destroy Paul. But Paul responded differently. A messenger of Satan to torment. Torment means to beat with fist. To be treated with shame. To be treated with disgrace. So this messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh, was given to torment me. What does Paul do? I think the same thing most anyone would do. Three times. I pleaded with the Lord. So whatever this thorn was, he goes to the Lord and said, Lord, how about taking this away? A second time and a third time. And the idea of pleading, Repleted means to persuade, to beseech, to be animated. Remember years ago when I had some physical trials and I went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, we're going to do a spinal tap to make sure there's nothing going on in your spine and your brain. And they did a spinal tap and they told me to lay still for four hours, which I did. I came home and they said, take it easy that night and the next morning. Well, I get up the next morning and I started to get a pounding headache. And I said to Ruth Ann, Something's got to be done. So she called the doctor, and when the doctor called back, he said, The spinal tap is leaking. Your husband is using, losing spinal fluid. Nothing can be done. Just lay flat. And at one point in time, I was laying on the bed in our bedroom. At one end of the house, the kids were younger then, and one of them opened the refrigerator door and closed it. And when Ann came back, I, with great desire, I said, Honey, you got to get the kids out of the house. I can't stand them opening the refrigerator door. It just hits me that much harder. And I was pretty adamant about that as much as I could be. That's what Paul is doing. He's pleading, persuading, with the Lord, to take it away, to remove it. He pleads three times, but the contrast. But he, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient. We're talking about a present tense. We're talking about that which is enough. We're talking about that, which makes it possible to be contented and to be satisfied. My grace is sufficient for you. I will give you what you need to be contented, to be satisfied. I'm not going to remove the obstacle, I'm not going to remove the thorn. but my grace. Is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. He goes on. My power. My power. The idea of power is to be absolute, to be able to have authority, to be omnipotent, the one who is all-powerful. The Lord is saying, my power is all that you need because my power is made perfect. The idea of made perfect is the present tense, but the person being passive. My power is made perfect in weakness. What does it mean to be made perfect? to exercise fully, to reach the end, to finish, a condition of finality, to be brought to a goal. Paul says, Lord, remove it, remove the thorn. The Lord says, no, my grace is sufficient. My power is made complete when in weakness there's no need for power from God if we can handle life Paul says my power or the Lord says my power is made perfect in weakness the idea of weakness is a deficiency in strength helplessness to be inefficient to have feebleness Remove this, Lord, and the Lord says, no, my power is made perfect in weakness. Weakness is not terrible. What does the Christian community today, people walking around with their act together, with their life together, saying, I can handle it. And Paul says, the Lord told me, My power is made perfect in weakness. What does a Christian community tend to value, whether in that day or today? Do we have glory in your weaknesses, testimonies? We're going to have a testimony time today, and we want everyone to stand up and give a testimony of glorying in your weakness. We're slow to do that. He says, I will glory in my weakness. He doesn't stop there. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. The idea of boasting is to undertake a laudatory testimony to glory. Some of you tonight will glory. Depends on the team that you're rooting for. If the team you're rooting for comes to the end of the game and the game is close and they get a touchdown, you're going to, whoa! Therefore, I will boast. I will glory. Within the last year, I was at Baptist Bible Seminary for a pastor's day. And one of the professors came by and uh, I said, hi, and I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good. Because we had talked before and I knew we had some trials in life, I said, how are you really doing? He said, well, not so good. He said, I'm really struggling with what I'm going through. And he shared a little bit what he was struggling with. And then he said to me, well, how are you doing, Dan? And I knew what he was asking because I'd shared some things that I'd been through over the years. I said, good, I'm really doing good. Some downs in life, but I'm doing okay. And then I said to him, I said, someday you will look back and thank God. For the physical trial that you're facing. And he said to me, I'm not there yet. What was I doing? I was boasting. In the Lord's grace and power in my own life. And the Lord is saying to Paul, no, My grace, my power is sufficient. So what does he say? <clears throat> I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. The idea of gladness is with great pleasure. Do we talk about our trials and God's grace and power in the midst of them with great pleasure? He says, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, my inefficiencies. Am not being able to accomplish something? I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power, it's about Christ, it's Christ's power may rest. Rest means to abide upon, to quarter in, or to live in. The idea comes from tabernacled in the Old Testament. God tabernacled among Israel through the tabernacle. That's where his presence was. And Paul is saying, I boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may tabernacle upon me. I need this weakness. I need this thorn in the flesh so that Christ's power and grace can rest upon me. Because if I'm strong and I can handle life, I don't need his power. So I boast, all the more gladly, that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake. Again, it's about Christ. Christ's sake, I delight in. I think well of, I approve, I take pleasure in. I rest without opposition. Pause in this, these weaknesses, his struggles, his hardships. he says, "I delight in them. I take pleasure in them. I approve of them. I accept them without opposition. I delight in weaknesses. So, so someone goes up to Paul and says, how are you doing, Paul? And Paul says, I'm just delighting in my inabilities. I'm a poor speaker. I got the sore in the flesh. I'm delighting in them. I'm enjoying them. I'm contented in them. He says, I delight in my weaknesses, but also in my insults. A violent unjustified, spiteful, arising from disregard of one's right. The idea is growing with restraint, outrage. Paul experienced that. He says, I've learned to delight in my insults. People have insulted me. I've learned to delight in them. He not only says my insults, but also my hardships. The idea of hardship, as you look it up in the original language, is constant. It is distress. It means to force. I borrowed a, whatever you call it, quick grip bar clamp from Danny. Here, I have an egg. Paul is saying... I'm in a vice. And what happens with this vice? It keeps squeezing. And I cry, it broke. I'm broke. It squeezes some more. Well, I'm breaking some more. It squeezes some more. By the way, it's hard boiling in case you didn't figure that out. (laughs) Paul says, this is what I glory in. what i delight in i delight in persecutions the idea of persecution is being chased after to put into rapid motion to pursue he's being pursued he's being chased after he says i glory in that i glory in my difficulties means to be crowded together to be cramped And an example or an illustration of being cramped. When I was 19 years old, I had the privilege of going to Honduras, Guatemala, and Haiti on a short-term mission trip. And we got to Haiti, and the first night we spent in Port-au-Prince, we saw all the nice stuff in a nice hotel. And the next morning we get up, and our leader said, We're going to go out about a three-hour drive, another part of Haiti. And we're going to ride like the Haitians do. So we went down to the bus station. And I looked at the bus and I thought, I'm not sure I want to ride in the bus. But we get in. I sat down. Some room to move around here. They squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. You couldn't even move your arm. Then they packed the top full of all kinds of stuff, and people rode in the top of the bus. And we sat like that for three hours. We were in difficulty. We were crowded together. Paul says, in my difficulty, what do I do? I boast all the more gladly. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do we glory in our weakness? So many times we want to be fixed, and we pray to God good, but do we stop and listen to what God says? Paul asked three times and the Lord said I'm not going to fix you. So what does Paul do? He glories in God's grace, in God's power. He takes delight in his weaknesses, in his difficulties, and so on. And if you look at some 15 to 20 other parallel passages to this passage. You will find that God sometimes fixes. But most of life is lived in a difficulty infested world. And most of the time God does not fix. Otherwise we would never die. Otherwise, we wouldn't experience God's power in the midst of our weaknesses. Do we accept trials and difficulties as part of living in this world? About a half hour to go yet, but I'm not going to go that this morning. But next Sunday, we want to take this passage and a couple parallel passages. How do we live in trials? When do we stop asking God to be fixed when that thorn comes? How do we even pray? And if God says no, how should we respond? And I'll close with an example. Not so much anymore, but for quite a few years, after my skull tumor was removed, I was asked over and over again, Dan, are you praying for God to heal you? I said, no. I'm not praying for God to heal me. Well, why not? Because God doesn't want to heal me. He wants me to live with the consequences of what I had. Did I ever ask? Yes. The answer was no. So I quit asking. I can glory in his grace. Paul didn't ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. He asked. He apparently listened. And God responded. And God said, no, I'm not going to fix you. So he gloried in his weaknesses, in his struggles, and so on. Take this passage and read it. Ponder it along with some parallel passages we'll consider next week. God wasn't a, or Paul was an apostle. He demonstrates it and how he responded in his suffering. Let's pray together. Father, in the midst of difficulty, it's natural and normal, and I think we should go to you in prayer and ask, as we'll find next week, difficulty is not what eternity past was like, nor is it what eternity future will be like. But it seems to be reality here on this earth more often than not. So as we read a passage like this, may we, if we are not fixed, learn to glory in our weaknesses and our insults and so on. To rest in your power, and your grace, allowing you to work. Father, we don't want to merely understand this passage. We want to understand Paul in the context, but also to live it out in our lives. it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.